Do me a favor, Maddie. Just, yeah. just as I cut you off here for a second, yeah. do me a favor. Cut me off. D- yeah. Just for a second, ask me straight up if I care that Toronto might have been outplayed in this series. Please just ask me the question. Oh, hey, Matt. Are you worried that the Leafs were outplayed? I don't give a fuck, Maddie. <laughs> Sky is falling radio, man. This is Talk Can Audio. <laughs> Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Although, I guess Ian Mendez is not letting us get away with calling it that anymore. Matt Robinson here, Rob Christie alongside. What's happening today, man? Is it not beautiful? Is it not? He says this would not have technically been considered Bytown, which is factually correct. Oh, here in, in Nippian? In Nippian, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a stickler. I know sticklers. Yeah. I know sticklers. Nah, it's, I don't care. What's happening, man? It's, it's by town. How's your Sunday afternoon? Uh, How's the weekend treating you? It's pretty shitty, Matt, to be honest yeah. with you. It feels a lot like, and, I, and I've said this elsewhere, but I'm going to say it again here for the first time. Okay. Feels like the first. You know what? When you have that Christmas, and everyone loves Christmas, and the playoffs for hockey are a lot like Christmas. That's true. This one feels a lot like that Christmas where you get a fucking sweater. <laughs> And socks, and you're like, man, I'm super disappointed. At what age did it become for you where it started to be pretty exciting to get socks? Like, pretty down to get some socks. Oh, say, I'm in, man. When it like, became super disappointing is when the Leafs started winning playoff <laughs> rounds. That's when it became super disappointing. Started winning rounds. <laughs> Let's pump the brakes. They're just churning out victories left and right here. Oh, okay, singular. Um, it's all good, man. It's yeah. all good. The weather is spring-ish, right? We've uh, been kind of shitty this weekend in terms of rain. That's and true, yeah. But you know what? We can't always have 30 degree days in, in April. So, um, frankly, I was displeased with that. Man, I was was sweeping out the garage and that, that 21 or I mean 31 degree day. And I was like, fuck, I'm going inside. It's just too hot. Yeah. Like the, the, your body needs to acclimatize, like warm up as the temperature warms up. No, it was just, fuck you. Here's 30 degrees. Bam. Yeah. In your face. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Talkin Audio. Give us a follow there and uh, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. Rob has kindly provided at least the opening pint here for uh, for today's episode. What did you bring us, man? That sounds like a complaint. Well, I'd gotten kind of used to you supplying at least all of- <laughs> at least the opening pint. <laughs> all my other guests, I'm not a guest. No, that's how it works. Um. <laughs> That explains a lot. But yes. you, you might hope. <laughs> Do you know the difference between curtains and toilet paper? <laughs> well, then you can't come to my house. Um, today we have a little something special. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sort of earmarked it not knowing whether today would be a celebration for you mm-hmm. or a celebration for me. <laughs> Turns out, celebration for Matt. Yeah. Tonight, this afternoon, this morning, whatever time you are taking this in, this is Origins of Darkness. So it certainly would have fit in had Game 6 not gone the way that it did. Right. Although it would have hardly been the origin. No. <laughs> Just a continuation origin of story. darkness. <laughs> Everybody loves an origin story these days. So this is an Imperial Stout from yeah. Collective Arts. Comes in at a very beefy 10.8%. 
Haven't even taken a sip yet. It, it smells, smells like <laughs> For sure it does. <laughs> I poured mine into a glass. Yeah. You, I am sure, did not. I did not, no. Um, I'm but wild yeah. note over here, man. Well, that's it. I'm, I'm, it has that sort of, how do I say this in a way that sounds appetizing? <laughs> but you know how a lot of the Imperials have that sort of thick sort of... Licorice-y. Yeah, and a little bit, it looks a little... A little viscous. Okay. That's kind of what I got here. I've just poured That's, it into a glass. That was your attempt to make it sound appetizing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, like there's an oil spill or a gas right. leak on the top mm. somewhere. Right? But <laughs> yummy. But collective arts, always, to me, they good. do really good stuff, yeah. right? So I'm, I'm putting my hand and faith firmly in their hands. Man, I'm. I'm no, we're off to a good start. I'm yeah. struggling here this morning, <laughs> this, this afternoon, afternoon. <laughs> whenever the fuck this is. Um, yeah. Have you had a pull in that first? Yeah. I am getting licorice. I am getting licorice that from was it. The, that and booze is what's coming off. <laughs> Boozy licorice. It's like Sambuca. Yeah, I love it. Gonna, where's the, where's the lighter? Let's like, let's light this baby on fire right in studio. That would make for good listening. Sure. Sure. Um, it's been, uh, it's been a few weeks since you were in and longer or actually not as long as, as the listener thinks it is. You were here. Uh, for one that never saw the light of day, yeah. Uh, as the backup recorder and main computer, yeah. Wow. At it, the same day, went uh, it didn't go so good, and so you sat here. Uh, I would imagine fairly impatiently while I triple checked just about everything here before we started this one, because apparently the double check did not have the backup on. No, it didn't. So it seemed check your work, man. Yeah, measure twice, cut once. Well, and. The peak behind the curtain. Don't measure twice. It's always disappointing. Yeah. It's never getting any longer. If you don't like the first measurement, <laughs> just double it. Yeah, exactly. That's how it goes. Um, yeah, that was a boffo show too. We covered a pile oh, of stuff. Maybe our best ever. <laughs> I don't know what our best ever. There's, it's, it, But it was, we covered a pile of stuff. Yep. And so it's too bad. Yep. Can't remember what we took down beer wise, but. No. Yeah. So it, it, you're right. And then you were out of town. Yep. Filling in with all of your. Yeah, we had Shrides in here for uh, for one of the Monday shows. Bunda took down a Monday show, and uh, people who uh, I don't know, yeah, jumped in remotely. <laughs> I didn't know how I was going. Rob's not a huge fan of doing the the tech side of this remotely, so Rob brings his best stuff in person. So we let him do that, right? Save well, the fastball for we. Yeah, well, anybody can hit the BP fastball, right? right? <laughs> um, bring the good shit. Yeah. So yeah, it has been a while. It's it's, but similar to last year, if I recall, I don't know if I made I missed the first two and a half rounds of of the playoffs just between things I had going. Yeah, you were traveling a bit in the spring, and then you I had disappeared up, yep. a bit. Yeah, so it just seemed like we were on we were on course for that again. But uh, we've made it back in before the end of the first round, right? Uh, for some teams. Before the end of the first round, some teams have successfully. Have they started the second the, round uh, yet? The first round. No, they have not. Then it's still first round. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we will get to the Leafs a little later because. Aren't they still playing hockey? Six of the last Those seven. Crazy sons of bitches. Episodes. It's crazy. It was kind of fun, man. We should do this more often. Like, I didn't know that's what it felt For like. For who? Right. What do you mean it's fun? <laughs> uh, but plenty going on around the hockey world. Let's start outside the playoffs, uh, I'm interested in the idea that the NHL in their continued attempts to grow the game internationally are going to Sweden, this time sending four teams instead of the two that they, now sometimes they'll send four teams overseas, but never to the same right. city. Uh, this time they're sending Minnesota, Detroit, Toronto, and Ottawa. 
Um, I did. The first thing I noticed was each of those teams is playing two games there. Toronto is not playing Ottawa. Right. We'll protect our pocketbook a little bit, right? The people yeah. will buy that back here. We're not yeah. giving that away in, in Sweden. But, you know, an interesting four teams to select. Minnesota sort of stands out. You're sending three teams from one division and and then one that nobody really cares about. Yeah. I guess Jonas Why wouldn't you say Buffalo? will be there, I guess. Yeah, with, Buffalo with, with would have been great. Yeah, yeah, no, like, that's a good point, Matt. Uh, I don't, it, it's interesting to me that they've decided, what, this will be four games that end up getting played over there? Well, two for Ottawa, two for all of them. So eight games. Eight games, I guess. Yeah. Wait, that doesn't work. That math is not working because two teams are in each one of those games. So yeah. And they're not all playing each other. Like is it Toronto is going to play Minnesota and Detroit as is Ottawa. Six games, four games, six games. I don't know, man. Do you think this does more for hockey like Sweden already likes they love hockey. hockey and sending four teams over there as opposed to two I, like this was weird to me a little bit man like what? you could have also gone two to Stockholm two to Helsinki how about how about to Munich sure right send Edmonton and Ottawa and whatever else if you want to spread interesting like, two teams you chose yes but you have sent uh versus Stutzla for yeah but just just in terms of can you, you know, Paterka? There's it again. We'll, yeah. we'll throw another Buffalo uh, reference in there if you want. They're yeah. everywhere. They're Marco Mr. International. Marco still kicking around. Yeah, no, I was, <laughs> I was going to say Joachim Hash. Yeah, Christian Erhoff. Yeah, like where are we going here? Marcel Gotch. Um, yeah, no, and I'm trying to think of the, um, the the big German defenseman that played here that sometimes, uh, Schubert. Christoph Schubert. <laughs> Christoph Schubert. Bring Ole Kolzig out of the. Yeah. It was South African born. I know, though, but, but somehow uh, playing for Yeah, them. it's any, whatever. Um, does this do anything for, like Ottawa's done this. Toronto doesn't do this because Toronto makes money at home. And I'm not saying other teams don't, but yep. you leave the golden goose at home to keep raking in its millions of dollars on every home date. You don't send them overseas because you don't really charge the same prices over. Like somebody had to pay for this, right? To, as did every team got paid for giving up a home date. Toronto's not one that normally goes. Well, and again, I'm with you 100%. When you look at the at the top five slash six hockey nations, yeah, right? U.S., Canada, Finland, Sweden, Russia, and then Czech Republic. I don't know, wherever you want to go with that. Yeah. If you want to grow the game, go back. Now, they just were in Switzerland this year. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, the Preds and the uh, the Sharks were there. That's right, yeah. Go to a place like Germany, Schubert, Schubert, Stutzla, <laughs> and, and Dreisaitl sure. aside, right? That is a large But economy. those are the teams you'd send. Like, send your two biggest German stars. Yeah. 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 And so, but yeah, you want to grow it in, a, in another market, which is, has a large population and has a large... Has money. Exactly. Has money. The economy <laughs> over there is is what it is. And it's it's got a it's got a hard driving economic engine. So yep. why you why you've missed out on the opportunity instead of going back to something you've done on multiple occasions. Ottawa's been there twice already. Yeah. Why would you not go to And they didn't love it the last time. Well, they haven't loved it either time they've went over. Universally recognized as the unraveling of the post-2017 Sens was that trip to... Yeah, but they were there in 08 as well, and it went, it turned for shit, like the Paddock team. Cool, can't wait. Hey, the Paddock (laughs) team that started out with almost a NHL record start, like 16-2, and 
And then by by the All-Star game, Paddock was coaching in the All-Star game and was fired. <laughs> I think that's the beginning of the either the Craig Hartsburg or the Corey Clouston years. Either way. Right, yeah, for sure. It, it just, all of them unraveling after these trips to Sweden. And, and we all know the past two or three Novembers have been awesome for Ottawa. <laughs> so how about we go over this year six time zones, yeah. and we trot that bad boy out and see how it goes. Colorado, by all accounts, they didn't outwardly complain, but Friedman reported earlier in the year a couple of different places in the podcast and in the in his 32 Thoughts blog that they reported back to the league. Like, Colorado kind of struggled this year, right? They not didn't look like they had for the last couple of years. And they had said to the league, like, this was really hard on our guys. And I can't remember if they were one of the teams, maybe not Switzerland, but there was a couple, like remember those games in Czech Republic this year as well. Um, um, I don't remember that. Yeah. I remember Dominic Hasek was coming out saying, don't bring your Russians here. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying okay. I, I don't remember that. I don't remember which city Colorado went to, but apparently like they quietly said to the league, you need to take note of, you know, either how long of a break you're giving people, how many time zones you're asking them to hop, like this hurt us and they made it in anyway and their life and death to survive against Seattle I guess we can talk about that in a bit but it is interesting like I, I maybe you're better off doing this a week before the regular season starts like you, we've seen that where you open yeah. the season over there and then have a good long break as opposed yeah. to doing it mid-season would that change it at all for you it would it, it, it's I, I'm still not loving it yeah but it is the preferred to start over there and so yeah, you start camp a little earlier. Yeah, you head over, and then you come back and you work your way in, as opposed to heading over after you've already played fifteen games right. and you've got into the rhythm. And then now you're now. I heard good friends of the show, mm-hmm. AJ Jackubeck and uh, Lever Sage, right? Both were discussing. They're like overblown, hmm. overblown. They're like you fly five hours to Los Angeles. LA, yeah, yeah, that's three hours. That's a three hour time change. Yep. Right. You were flying more than five hours to get a to six or seven hour time change. It's a six hour time change. Yeah. So you're doubling the time change. And while you're not doubling the flying time, you certainly are extending it. Right. And so to me, yeah, I found it a bit flippant to just go, yeah, five hours to LA, six hour time change to Stockholm. It's good. And you're like, nah, you're doubling the time change. Yeah. And you are talking about a, a sort of a day per hour time change yeah. is what they suggest is ideal to harmonize your body with. And like, this is why I give Colorado the benefit of the doubt here. They didn't do this in the media, right? Like they quietly said, this is hard. And, and so they did like, maybe it was an excuse. Like maybe they just weren't playing well. They did have a bunch of injuries this year, but maybe it's worth hearing them out when they, a team comes back, doesn't make a big show of it, but says, yo, this was, and they're two hours further, right? Like out in the mountain time zone as well. So I don't know. They'd be an eight hour. Right. Time change. So Toronto, Detroit, uh, Minnesota, and also Ottawa. Also in the going, Yeah. It's interesting to me that, like I said, it's an odd uh, group of yeah. teams to send. Uh, maybe you just pick another Atlantic division team. Um, but I don't know. Like, what? to me, this does nothing for me as a fan. Like, I'll watch the games. I always watch the games. But there's nothing exciting to me. But it's not for me, right? Who are, the, who are the biggest Swedish stars in the league, would you say, right now? Yeah, uh, Darlene, you made a good point. Hedman. Yep. Like two good ones right there. Carlson had a 100-point year. Well, that, that's good, yeah. Yeah. 
but in terms know, of biggest star, yeah, yeah, and that's what. Yeah. And, and again, and so it's not a but Markstrom, like yeah, just in terms of you know you have Gustafson who had a great year once he left Ottawa, Landis Cog, yeah, a little long in the tooth, yeah, um, as is Carlson, but big names, yep, for right. sure, for sure. But I'm just saying, it, it seems to be. Like we're at a bit of a lull. I, I think Raymond in Detroit is, yeah. is, a, is, a, is a star on the come. Yep. Elias Pettersson maybe is, sure. is another guy who I would look at. But yeah, I think you've touched on it, right? That I'm not sure that that William you, Nylander. You know the, the la, uh, there you go Calgary Zone. We really <laughs> so uh, and and uh, I think in a time where the last time Ottawa was there, it was Colorado and it was Ottawa, and so. You had Landis Cog and you had Alfredson went over. He wasn't that long retired, right? He sort of had these. Still had Carlson. Very familiar faces. Good point on yours. <laughs> and so, yeah, you had these that names and faces that, that, that Swedes would gravitate towards. I just think beyond the fact that I don't want my team doing it right. two months in, I think you've missed the boat on the location. Uh Winnipeg Jets coach Rick Bonus seems to think that his team has missed the boat completely on round one. Um, did you happen to catch his comments? I have them here for anyone who hasn't. Have you heard him? I have, but I would love to hear them again. Okay. Why don't we do that? Hi, Rick. Just uh, overall thoughts on that one. <laughs> overall thoughts? I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. Where does the disgust come from? Pardon me? Where does the disgust come from? No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we, so as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. It was like you've been holding these feelings on for a bit. Is it just yep. out of tonight's game or finally wanted to release them? It's, it started back in January and February. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top end players we've talked about? we got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. You got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. They deserved to win. They were the better team in the regular season. They were the better team in this series. Anything else? Good. Thanks. Anything else? <laughs> I'm fucking out of here. That was it. That was the entire press yeah. conference uh, after Winnipeg was eliminated in five games by the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I don't know if either one of us were on record ever making like. Full picks. I don't think either one of us were shocked that Winnipeg lost to Vegas. No, but that's a pretty strong uh, condemnation from their coach, who just earlier today, before you and I started recording, uh, Kevin Chevaldeoff, GM of Winnipeg, came out and said, "Yeah, he'll be back next year." So that will be interesting, man. What do you make of the Jets' uh, end of the season? Well, I guess that means Marty Johnson's not going to be on the podcast this summer. <laughs> um. Uh, it's, it's, it's really to hear somebody be that honest. It's like you needed another, the minor hockey 24 hour rule. <laughs> it's like it just, and this is a guy who's been behind the bench, either in a, a head coach or an assistant coach capacity more than anybody else yeah, forever yeah. in NHL history. Right. And so this is a man who, who endured the first couple of seasons with the Ottawa Senators, he's seen endured. shit. He's seen shit hockey. <laughs> yes. And he's, yeah, endured is the word, is, right? Man, yeah. And, and so to hear him speak so honestly, like the word disgusted <laughs> is like, like I've just seen and smelt something that is so bad. It's, it's just, dis- I'm disgusted. Right. And so I think when we saw, 
Paul Maurice step away. And I, I think you and I both talking about Paul Maurice leaving midseason last year, we sort of were like, yeah, you don't quit That's on the weak. team. Yeah. But we also sort of had, it was a very middle of the road sort of take, but that, yeah, that team is, is needs something, right? Yep. It needs something. And then bonus comes in the summer and strips Wheeler of the captaincy. Yep. And you're like, man, it's bull. What happens, right? They sort of seem to mend the fences with Shifley and and things, man, right through the first three months of the season. They were first in the NHL mm-hmm. at one point. Um, if for sure the West, I, yep. I, I the Bruins, I think, had yeah, a pretty, that's, yeah, no, had a pretty firm hold on the point, NHL. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it is one of those things where you thought, man, they're, they're cooking, they're rolling, they have this good goalie, and and they finally bonus has found a way to connect with get them to play a little better defensively with the, with in their the core, right? Yeah. With, and Ehlers was having a fantastic season, and he was one of those guys who was you're like, yeah, he has these flashes. He seemed to be bringing it, and mm-hmm. Kyle Connor and Wheeler and Dubois. You sort of they just to me they had a lot of. Things that you looked, and I know you haven't been as positive no. on them as I have, but at this point now, you have to. You've you've said your coach is coming back. You somebody have, ain't somebody yeah, else isn't <laughs> for sure. It, for sure, and that's the case. And I, and I don't. I think you get rid of Dubois if you can. Well, this is the whole thing, as you said. I've never loved that core, and they did spend half of the year up top, and I'm looking at it going, well, you know, maybe I'm wrong, right? But maybe instead of looking at the first half as what they really are, yeah. and the second half as the fall off, we look at the first half as the outlier, yeah. and the second half where they're what they've been for the last few years as twenty fifth best record in the NHL right. from middle January on. And so I, I'm glad you brought up Paul Maurice because he went out in a way that neither one of us really loved. But you're right, we kind of well, you know, maybe there's something going on in that. But now you have a second coach, one who's been there only a year. And who doesn't need to protect his reputation. Like he was retired last summer. And would retire again in a heartbeat. And so for him to now come out, a second coach in his many years coming out and saying, what's happening in that room sucks, right? Like this group internally, there's something rotten in there and he's not afraid to say it. And you mentioned trying to trade Dubois. There's a few guys you'd look at trading, but like Wheeler's got another year at 8 million Shifley's got another year at six million. That's not terrible. Like you might get someone to do that, but it is only for a year, so it'll be limited return. And Dubois has basically already told the world, "Free agency, baby." I'm going to Montreal. So if they're trading, if anyone else is trading for him, you're only getting them for a year, and Montreal's not giving you what you want because they're they know getting they're them getting anyway. them for free. And <laughs> right. Yeah, that's it. So I don't know what you do with this group, but once you come out and say that coach is coming back something significant is going to have to change in that dressing room before the season starts, you would think. Because Wheeler did come out. He said, I didn't like what he said. I wish he'd said it in private. And that's all fair enough. But but clearly, this is a second coach in as many years who's gone, our group sucks, like something's wrong in here. Not sucks talent-wise, right. but there's something wrong in that room. Well, and he kept using the term pushback. And and I think that's just a safe word for saying they got, there's no sack in that room. Right. Right? There's no grit. No moxie. Way better press conference if you come out. <laughs> they got no sack. There's no sack in that room. <laughs> right? And But whatever the whatever your everyday average nine to five lunch bucket hockey fan who's watching that, if that's their team, mm-hmm. that's what they're saying. That So he said, I think, what most fans feel like. Whether that's a good thing or right. not, uh, I, we, I can't say. Oh, yeah. You're so right about the 24-hour. Like, that was clearly said in emotion, right, at the... 
perhaps at the one of the phrases I saw used online that I thought was really good is on the night you're eliminated, the elimination is the message. Like you don't have to be that hard on them that night. You're already out. You're done. They know it wasn't good enough. So I kind of liked that phrase. I'm going to hold on to it and use it down the road. Yeah, for, whoever's for bringing that reason taken blow me. <laughs> Uh, cause it's far less entertaining, right? For we sure, want these man. guys out here. Sky talking. is falling radio, man. <laughs> right. What was happening here? Um, but yeah, it, it, it's to me going to be really tough to bring back that group. And really the only guys up front that I'm super excited to keep are Connor and Ehlers. Yep. Yeah. You know, beyond that, take it or leave, but the, it, it's, I don't know. Kyle Connor is, is the centerpiece of this team moving forward, yeah. right? When we do this thing every year where they do that thing where it's the most underrated players in the league and everyone says Sasha Barkov, even though we've said it for years, so he's probably yeah. not that underrated. It might be Kyle Connor. Well, wasn't it two years ago he was most overrated and underrated in the same... Barkov? Yeah. In the same thing. You're like, that guy's so well, he underrated, in, he's overrated. We'll get to it, but in the series that he's playing in right now, <laughs> slightly overrated, slightly underrated. Yeah. So. You know who's not? Matthew Kachuk. Nope. But that Winnipeg team... Is is calling out for at at minimum a retool? Yes, right. And 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 Hellebuck's come out and said not interested in a rebuild. Like if you're doing that, I'm out. And he's only got a year left on his contract. How much interest do you have in Connor Hellebuck? I have a lot, but not at what like he's going to want. Yeah, Bobrovsky money. <laughs> so, but they talk. Yeah, they talk about him, and, and you hear it all the time. This is a Vezina caliber goal, and he did win a Vezina. Mm-hmm. That did happen. But you see Vezina goalie for that guy in the first half of the season. And whether it's overuse, man, that guy is is rarely second half the same as he is first half. Yeah, interesting. Right? If you look at it continually, and, and I'm one of those guys too. For years, I've been, they've been sort of that team where I'm like, yeah, I, I, I kind of like what Winnipeg's got going on. Yeah. And they do have hella buck. And, and I think I've seen enough sort of small docs and, and, and personal bits on him. I, I kind of like the guy. Yeah. He seems, and, and he's, he's invested time and energy in and around the Winnipeg area. Like he seems like an American guy who's come up and. Yeah. Embraced the, he's and, Brady could it. Yeah. And so you, you kind of got a lot of time for that guy, but man, it just hasn't seemed to have been late season and playoff like he is in November, December. And so I would have some questions at his age and. And just whether I want, now he's not super old, but no. just in terms of, yeah, I'm not paying anybody goalie Bob money or Vasilevsky this money. This is it. Or, like, I'm not paying any goalie that, and he's going to want that. And someone will give him eight, nine million, I would assume, but not me. Well, so. <laughs> see, it, it takes me back to, and I reference it all the time, the Scotty Mack session here where he was giving it to me over the, over the, <laughs> over the Carey Price contract, right? Yeah. And, and he was bullish, bullish on the idea no, man, I'm never paying my goalie 10 million bucks. Right. Because the difference between a $6 million goalie and a $10 million goalie, negligible, right? Not big enough, yeah. And so, in, you know, in terms of the cap, it eats up. So, yeah, I am super interested. And if you're eating some of that Wheeler money, yeah, 50%, if you can bring back a... He does seem to be the problem that comes up like you and I aren't in that room but I am occasionally okay uh <laughs> throwing people's track suits in the shower and stirring shit you up. know I you know I go in for that <laughs> yeah it's uh he would be the first one I'm trying to move out the door I think. Uh, and I think I've moved on from Shifley yeah but I mean it's six million he's worth that 
Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think you could also, uh, if you could sort of sign and trade or, yeah. or or work something out in that fashion for somebody who 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 was bullish on him, I I think the Montreal Canadiens are loving Shifley and Dubois. Especially Take after the whole court, especially down after the Jake Evans hit, Oof. I think that's. Uh, <laughs> that's I think he's a, he's a fan favorite, no doubt. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're moving both those guys. In my opinion, if you can, and you just start to sort of retool, I, I I'm not sure they're in a spot where they need to totally blow it up or rebuild it. But I think you certainly need to take a good chunk of that it for, would, forward yeah. core out. Yeah, it's not a place that it easily attracts free agents. So you're going to have to be smart here if you're trading any of these pieces, bringing back a lot of either, you know prospects or draft capital that you can control for a long time because you know we've seen it. You can often convince your own guys to stay. They've had some success doing that, but bringing in free agents who've never been there that's that's a struggle. So well, like it's, a lot of Canadian markets. For right? sure it is. Yeah. For sure. If you're not Vancouver, Toronto, or Montreal, right. and even Montreal has its problems with the language, right? Yeah. People are like, And oh. taxes. And taxes. All the taxes. Yeah. yeah if, but if you're not one of the big markets, yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's hard. You have to be a Canadian market that is rolling. And you're like, that's a team in Ascension or competing right now. Maybe then you can look at a, at a piece. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And Winnipeg is... Man, it's really in the hinterland. <laughs> um, I want to check in just briefly on our pal Jack Edwards, play-by-play man for the Boston Bruins, who the last time we talked about, I sort of wondered if he was drunk. Yeah, we both talked about it. Or his... had a sl- like a stroke at yeah. some point. He was kind of slurring, and it was when uh, Linus Allmark scored a goal. You're not going to... He scores! Linus Allmark! Like... I've never liked Jack Edwards, but I don't ever remember him sounding like that before. Yes. Until this week. Uh, And actually until game six. uh, And as you good listener are hearing this, you've already found out how game seven played out between the Panthers and the Bruins. But uh, in the third period of game six, that game was fucking wild back and forth, lead changes. And at one point, the Boston Bruins score a shorthanded goal and Jack Edwards... Uh, had this to say as it happened. The rink, Saka unopposed to Nebraska. Oh, a short-handed goal. Jake Nebraska, a shorty to put the Bruins up 5-4 with nine and a half to go. <laughs> it's very, you mentioned it last time, very Harry Carey in the way he's, and I don't know if this is new, Jack. I'm also getting a little Barney from The Simpsons. <laughs> okay, I get that. Uh, the scream is one thing, but he's, the slur is back. Yeah. Right? The Everything. Uh, I don't know what's happened to Jack Edwards. Oh! <laughs> yeah. That might be actually me in game six when the Leafs scored in overtime. <laughs> Just. Johnny Toronto! Oh! <laughs> I don't know what's up with Jack, man. Yeah. Okay. See, I, we've 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 hit Jack pretty hard on this show over the oh, and we will continue over the many years that that we've been yeah. on, on this pod. Uh, I thought you were going to come out and say, "Yeah." Turns out Jack has had a strain. So I was like, oh, "Okay, oh. <laughs> no." Are we going to get that Flintstone <laughs> heel over over our heads here? It's Nate in the corner. People die. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God love you, Nate. 
Got it. That's, in, that's way back for you. That's like episode nine or something of the Tall Can Audio podcast. Even then you're like, Psh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, we'll come back around to the playoffs here in a little bit. Um, as a young man, were you a Jerry Springer viewer? Hated it. Really? Okay. Hated it. Okay. So I got to that point where I hated it. But when it's at its prime, I'm like 15. Oh, yeah. 16. I might see some some obscured boobs, right? Some blurred boobs getting thrown out. There's people throwing chairs at each other and swearing. Um, Steve, 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 Steve. <laughs> like you could buy, and maybe you still can, like the Jerry Springer security t-shirt was a hot item for a while. Yeah. Remember those uh, t-shirt stands that would always be in the middle of your mall, right? They would have South Park shirts and wrestling shirts and often the Jerry Springer security t-shirt. You're looking at me like your mall was classier than that, but not in Oshawa, man. We had the, uh, oh, the dirty straw. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Peterborough never has those. Okay. Um, but Jerry Springer, uh, surprised how many people didn't know this, a mayor of Cincinnati before he yeah. had the talk show. And then, yeah, at one point that show, did I mention he died? This is why we're bringing up Jerry Springer. <laughs> Just for fun. Yeah, no, just you did, no, you did a not. A little reminisce that, about Jerry that, that Jer had passed away. Yeah, last week, Jerry Springer uh, died at the age of uh, late 70s. And so it was a show, though, that as a young kid and at 15, 16, you're like, this is the greatest thing on television. And at its peak, it had months where it outrated Oprah, which yeah. was probably oh. more of a statement about us than yeah of course it is <laughs> than, than him to me it's a hard turn society sort of went hard yeah. hard in a different direction right like when when you have people chanting because there's a hooker who's who's fighting your wife on the stage <laughs> and, and has lost her dentures like <laughs> it's the hooker with dentures Jerry, Jerry. yeah well and i was looking when in, in i was looking at some of the highlights of the show sure and and so Steve or whatever his name was comes out and he puts the dentures in a glass. And then before he hands it over to her, he holds it up like, and the fans start chanting and like, you're like, oh my hooker dentures fighting my wife. How can you not love that? (laughs) This is the same time period where I'm watching stone cold drink beer and whack people over the head with a chair while Sable is taking her shirt off in the background, right? Like, that's quality television. It is the point where society crumbled. Is is Jerry Springer, the WWF Attitude Era, uh, Girls Gone Wild tapes, right? Like, this is all at the same time. And, man, it, it's wild to think that that was a guy who ran a city. Yeah. And his next career is just like, I wonder if I can get, you know, people to come in and talk about their illegitimate children. And, well, surprise, we've got them here backstage. Come on out here. Yeah. Well, his biggest thing he did as mayor of Cincinnati was have a um, a cheap trick day. Like, so now in Cincinnati, there's an annual cheap trick day. Still so. on the books. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Jerry Springer is responsible for that, just so you know, ladies and gentlemen. Go on to now, uh, have I've a got, lot of cheap tricks. I got that tidbit from WKRP back in the day, so okay. I'm not entirely sure. It may be It may factual. not be factual. Right. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe it, man. No. But, yeah, the, the highlight that I loved the best was when they had members of the KKK... <laughs> On to debate the Jewish <laughs> Defense <debate>. League. <laughs> and well, Sounds like a great episode of The yeah, Family Feud. <laughs> slap my cheeks, it turned into a brawl. Right? I like, can't believe it. Who knew the JDL and the KKK were going to throw down on Jerry Springer? And you're just like, oh my God, this is so... And it's 3 p.m. 
Like, it's not a late night show. It's just middle of the day up against Camilla Scott or whatever the hell else was going on. Soon to be Ricky Lake. Right. Awesome. Oh, man. It's just, and it was such trash. Of course it was. Such trash. And so. May he rest in peace. Yeah. But again, that's a guy who, yeah, you know what? It's, it comes down to, and forever, back to the Roman times, this, the, the Greeks, people want to see freak shows. Yes. And no matter what happens. That's why they're listening to this. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> all right, give the people what they want. Right. Yeah. And you go, I want to see the guy who cut both his own legs off because that's what he thought he needed to do for his art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so where you find these people. And I, I love the idea that these people came out thinking that somehow the Jerry Springer show was going <laughs> to heal their family. My my sister, the stripper, is sleeping with my fourth boyfriend. Like I We should sleep. go on television and talk about it. Yes, exactly. And then bring the sister out. And then right. sister's fighting. And you're like, oh, it's so, it's like, really, it's pulling the curtains you whore, back. You whore. Yeah. And it's like, it's, oh, and it's preying on these stupid people. Yeah. And like, do you remember that it was, it was sort of viral bum fights? Do you remember that? Actually, yes, I do. <laughs> you know, just that came out around the same time, right? Late 90s, early 2000s. And you're like, what is happening here? You get the one bum is going to get a tattoo on his forehead. Winner for, gets a sandwich. For a <laughs> bottle of Absolute or whatever it is. And then you've paid another bum to slap him on the forehead as soon as he comes out. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here, man? Like, who's watching it other than my older brother? Who's watching this? <laughs> One of those shows that did not get a reboot in 2020s, right? Like, no, but they did make movies out of Jackass, of right? Course. Which is not that far from it, no, right? It's so, not. you know, can I, how about Matt, if, how much would it take for, for you to <laughs> wet your testicles and then sit on an ice horse? You can't afford it. Yes. <laughs> but this is it, right? Somebody's willing to do it, yeah, Matt. 100%. Oh my God. That's what, that's where we are. Yeah. We're, we're. And now it just shows up on Twitter. Yeah. Or Insta. Insta. How about a little Insta Ispo? A little Insta Ispo. Yeah, stupid okay. fucking people. Rest in peace, Jerry Springer. Nope. No. <laughs> okay. Burn! <laughs> uh, as we sit here right now, Jay's up in uh, game three of their series against the Seattle Mariners, but on a hell of a run, um, 500 on a road trip through Houston and New York, then swept the White Sox, which, pew, just... Terrible. They're trash. Yeah. Uh, the Mariners struggling. Don't look anything like what uh, what they looked like last they year. they got some talent in that lineup, They do, though. yeah. And, you know, Julio Rodriguez especially. Keep an eye on that fucking guy because he'll hurt this, you fast. This just in, that guy who won Rookie of the Year yeah, last exactly. year. He may be good. He's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, but it's been a while since you and I uh, spoke about the Jays. Actually, as we go all the way back, I, I don't even know if the season had started. <laughs> Yeah, it would have been close. It would have been close. It would have been close. And at that time, I was saying, with the tough schedule they had, right, because they had Tampa and they had Houston and the 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 Yankees. And and yeah, there was all these things. And I thought, you know what, if they can just come out of April sort of in the 500 range, maybe a bit above, right? But you're like, it's a tough start. On the road, they started out with like a 10-game road trip. Yeah. You know, if you could sort of look at coming back sort of, I don't know, 14 and 12 or 15 and 11, whatever it was. They were like, fuck you, Rob. Yeah. So if they win today, they go to 19 and nine, I believe. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and now I've watched, you know, the, the better part of virtually every game. Right. Right. I am super dialed into it. I'm, I'm loving it. The, it uh, it's, it's just anecdotal, but the hitting seems to be a little cool, sort of the. Yeah. Like at right now it's eight, four, but, uh, the, the one, nothing game, the two, two, and you sort of double back. It just, it seems like the pitching they're now in the range of. Well, the bottom uh, half of that lineup has been not. Producing very it's, much like Brandon Bell hasn't worked out. Varshal has uh, been Varshal got off to a nice start, but since April seventh, like his all his slash numbers are in the one hundreds. Yeah. Um, now he does walk it off on Saturday. That'll make you feel good. Yeah, Kiermaier has also cooled after his yep. his hot start, and so now at least you weren't banking on him bringing you much. No, for sure you weren't. But when you are putting up runs early and and mm-hmm. Springer's struggled, like Bo and Vladdy are doing nice things. Chapman is putting up an MVP caliber year, which is lovely in a contract year. Uh, probably not t- too surprising. But yeah, the, the it's been the pitching, right? And that rotation that had major question well, marks. the back end of the rotation especially. Yeah. Um, it's probably too soon to go, well, Barrios is fixed. But oh, he's it's, looked it's, nice. It's, it's too soon for that. <laughs> and Yusei Kikuchi has been borderline dominant at times, right? Like the way he's performed. Uh, Bassett, who... Had one bad start to start the year, a bad in first inning in his second start, and has been really good ever since. Um, Gosman, uh, terrific, and Manoa, still some things to be worked out there. I'm not sure what's do, happening. You but. have no idea what which Manoa you're going to get when, no. when he comes out. Now, no. he, he went back on Friday night. Yep. Against... Uh, he struggled. Steel, yeah. Struggled hard. Walked four, hit a guy. But went uh, deep. Like, kept you... Went five. Yeah. Went five and uh, did not get, did not get the win. Yeah, you allowed that team to that that offensive lineup to to come through, right? So yeah. it is it is one of those things where in a season you do have the moments where the pitchers carry it. Sometimes when the, when, the, when the lineup carries it, right? Mm-hmm. It's rare when you have the two things working in tandem. Yeah. All the time, right? But I, I tell you what, it, when whatever happens today with the Mariners, right? Hoping for the sweep, it's it's a seventh, I think. It's eight four Jays at this point. Mm-hmm. They will have gone seven in a row. I hope I never have to hear about the two game wild card series again. Like to me, Sportsnet has just been forcing that down my throat, right? In terms of the flashback to last October, and you're like, so just to be clear. You find it irritating as a Toronto sports fan to have your, all your past failures crammed down your throat, especially the spectacular ones. Well, I, I find it. I, <laughs> I, I do. I do find. Welcome it, aboard, friend. <laughs> yeah, I do find it annoying when it's coming from the broad, the official broadcaster mm-hmm. of that team. Um, Can't help you, man. I'm. <laughs> yeah. Well, yours is usually coming from. It's it, just as often coming from the broadcast. Yeah, well, and and the the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation or Sportsnet or whoever's covering it really is the you know supposed to be a national, hmm. but they seem to be filleting the leaves and. The you leaves. think that's what's happening? Do you? I do. Okay, I do. We can talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, the Jays. Yeah, it it was one, the game one loss happened. Castillo was awesome. It it was not much you were going to be able to do about that. Game two was fucking spectacular implosion, right? Like for sure. So you're right. I could stand here less about it, but it's, it was one game at a horrible time to have it happen. And right. And, and I'm, I'm not saying we don't bring it up, but we heard about it on Friday. Mm -hmm. We heard about it again on today is now game two of this series. 
and game two of that last series. And you're like, all right, we've done it all. We've done the retrospective. It was fucking horrible. Yeah. A um, couple quick notes. Uh, Leafs. I was going to do the thing. Uh, Blue Jays did just recently get through New York City. And Vladdy, once again, almost unprompted, reminded everybody that he hates the New York Yankees, will never sign with the New York Yankees. I think the first time we heard about this was during the off season. It was like a school day event and it was sort of playful, right? Like one of the team or one of the kids asked him, who do you like beating the most? And it's easy to say the Yankees, right? Like who cares? Yeah, of course. Um, they're the evil empire. And now though, it's New York media that he's saying it to. And like, it's becoming a thing. And so of course, New York turns around and boos him as they're going to do. I wonder if Vladdy's agent isn't saying to him, hey, you don't ever actually have to go there, but could you stop ruling it out while I'm trying to negotiate your monster yeah. extension? Yeah. If you're eventually going to sign with the with the Dodgers or the Padres, sure. but we could use the Yankees to yeah, drive up that price. That's all, yeah. <laughs> so I, it's weird to me, though, to see Vladdy who... Like, he's goofing around at first base with all kinds of people. Like, Vladdy is loved in Toronto, but he's not really hated anywhere, right? Uh, like, he's a star. He's kind of, he's smiling all the time. Big, round, smiley face. Right. And yet, there's New York City booing him. It's, it's, Let's go, Burger Boy. It's odd to watch, man, him be hated somewhere. Well, and I loved it when, in the rubber match of that series, he hooks that fucking rocket, right? That frozen rope. Yeah into the left field stands and he's he's got the fist up coming around first like <laughs> yeah and the fans are booing take that new york you do not love that because this course, is man. hard on the heels of the who's your vladdy right last year when he hit two homers and two doubles or three homers and two uh, double whatever it was off Jarrett cole yeah Jarrett cole. cole um but yeah to me he it seems legit like he does not like new york well and if he doesn't he's certainly enjoying the playing bo- into it the booze and yeah. the and and again to me that is a little that's another little feather in your cap as as an elite athlete when yeah i want to bring on the hate and especially from from one of the markets that are renowned for vociferous fans right, right? you go yeah i'm going to ride into the bronx and we're going to i'm going to i'm going to shoot you the middle finger i'm going to crush you and then i'm going to hate you yeah <laughs> and guess what and i'm never signing here cuz you suck i'm going to eat your lunch right I've eaten a few people's. Yeah, <laughs> I love the I love the soft serve ice cream in the locker room. Um, when the White Sox were in town, Charlie Montoyo, who Montoyo! Uh, has uh, signed with the White Sox as a bench coach, uh, of course, dismissed last year mid-season by the Jays as their manager. He was, I guess, I don't know how this works, whether it's offered or whether he heard and reached out and declined. But like they were going to do one of their video board welcome back kind of things. Thank you for your service to the Blue Jays. And he requested that they not do don't, it. Don't do it. And the whole time he was here, he turned down um, media requests for any sort of interviews. And he's the bench coach. He's under no obligation right. to do it. But it does seem odd, especially when the PR guy can fill out a little cue card for you that just says, love my time in Toronto. Sorry it didn't work. You know, I'm disappointed it didn't work out here. I'm very happy with, you know, Chicago and the young group that we have that might be good in a few years, whatever. Supposed, to, like. supposed to be good. Um, it was odd to me that a guy who was so kind of 
he got pretty soft treatment here, like universally liked, right? Like a good guy. Not here in this studio. No, perhaps not. Uh, but were you surprised that he took that particular tact when he came back here? Not, not at all. No? Not at all. I think, I think the way it ended, I think, I think there was great chippiness. Little bad blood. Yeah, I think I think Montoya. I think between between him and the and the management, yeah. I think I think things had far ran, you know exceeded their course, and I think I think he he was. Well, then why not accept the media invite and roast them? Right? Like, yeah, well, I guess maybe you wait for the Jays to roll back into into Chicago, into Chicago a friendlier and, media, yeah, and then you uh, and then maybe you blast the. Uh, Cut this tape just so you know for later when, when it happens <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I, I think it comes down to, I, I think he's partially afraid what happens when they flash him up on the board. Now Toronto's a soft crowd. They would have cheered him. He was, yeah, he was like, but I, 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 there was lots of people. There was lots of people saying he, his, his choice of handling the pitchers wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Like that was loud from many different directions. Yeah. And I think. I think he was. I, they had to be in his mind that he's he's better and chippy, and I got to think that in some ways he was like, yeah, fuck it, I don't want it. I don't. I don't want to see that. I, I'll be honest with you. I was surprised just would you, because. Would you? It, would you cheer? I would have given the plate the, uh, the golf clap. Yeah, and I think that's what he would have gotten. They'd have put it up there. It wouldn't have been a giant standing ovation like Teo got, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I, I think he would have gotten a polite applause. You come out, you tip your cap, or you don't. Right, whatever. But. I was surprised that he turned it all down. Just knowing, and I guess, I, I don't know, but observing his demeanor the time that he was in Toronto, it was a little surprising to have um, him turn all of that down. And he's, uh, He was, he was, he came across as a, as a, as a friendly guy. Yeah. For sure. But, you know, he's got a little bit of that Latin it's, flair. I was going to say Latin Gibby is the way I, yeah, I kind of looked at A little spicy jalapeno there. Sure. A little, you know, he's got, so I, I can only imagine that he left and he felt. Like he didn't like the, the, the shortcomings of, of some of the, um, selections or the way the team was, mm-hmm. was management's fault. But not the fans' fault. Nope. Nope. And that's Matt, you're now asking somebody to go, I just want to, cause who knows what he's heard, right? In oh, hundred percent. Right. Right. How much he, he follows might, social media. He might and, be legitimately hurt by the way this went down or, or whatever. And he's found a landing spot. Um, and good for him. I, I just... You know, I, I wouldn't hire that guy as a manager if I was elsewhere. No, I, I think he'll be in tough to get another. I think he's, a, he's one of those classic in hockey. He's a classic and assistant coach, right? Yeah. He's a classic assistant who is, I'm going to be the go between the good guy. I think when it comes to making hard decisions, I don't think he was great. Right. And so I think, I think he got caught up with the, my personal relationship with guys and, and, and that affected the way he, he ran his pitching staff and. Who got into the lineup at what time and who came out in key moments? Uh, one guy who showed up in a key moment during the debacle last October that you're done hearing about is Teoscar Hernandez, who hit two home runs. And at the time when the Jays are up seven to one, you're like, this is going to be the tail game. It's not quite the bat flip, but you know, it's going to be there with the Donaldson dash. It'll be Edwin's home run in the, uh, the wildcard game. Teoscar looked fantastic and then they imploded and then they blew up the outfield and, and changed everything around. And he was the first guy traded away. Came in, turned out to be like, more like the Rugnit Odur punch to the <laughs> team. <laughs> yes. Um, but he made his return this weekend to Toronto. Uh, 
an interesting moment only in the sense that we've seen a couple of times, and, and it's not the only interesting part of it, but he was able to take a second when he came up for his first at bat. Um, Manoa stepped off the mound and the umpire stepped back and allowed him to have a moment. We've seen a couple times early on with this pitch clock, guys getting rung up for a strike when they take yeah. a second to acknowledge the crowd yeah. for cheering them coming that's, home. That's shit. It sucks. And so Shai Davidi on sportsnet.ca had a piece over the course of the weekend where he actually spoke to the umpire chief this weekend and said, how was that handled? And he said, this has become a thing. We don't want to see that stuff happening in terms of, you know, people getting right. burned for their, uh, you know, returns. And he said, MLB has two policies. The first one is that they are requesting that teams looking ahead on their schedule, give them a 24 hour notice we think the fans might do this for somebody coming in or our, our guy right. is close to this. a milestone. Yeah. Um, and then MLB can give uh, the umpires a heads up. And the second policy is that the umpires have been empowered if that notice hasn't been given, but they recognize it for themselves or a manager or somebody tells them, hey, keep your eye out. Don't fuck with this. And, the, and this umpire, whose name escapes me right now, but it was a good piece and we'll right. share the link. He said, we don't want to screw these moments up, right? We, the, the pitch clock is meant to keep the game moving along at the pace it's supposed to move along, but this is outside of play. Right. And I, I thought it was an interesting piece. He said, I had already gotten the heads up from MLB, but even without that, I looked out and Manoa wasn't stepping up onto the mound, right? He knew what was going to happen too. So there's another piece of acknowledgement and they give Hernandez a minute to stand there without being dinged by the pitch clock, kind of wave to the crowd, tip the cap, all that stuff, and give them a nice moment. Are you okay with that sort of thing, or should we be a little more rigid on the well, clock? And, and really, it just would have expedited Teo's at bat because he struck, struck him out. three times, both like game one and two. So yeah. give him the, ring him up on the first <laughs> one and shorten his time in the box. If you want to speed up the game, let it go. Um, no, but Shai was on on the broadcast as well. Not just with the article, so I, I didn't read the article, but he sort of recapped that on air uh, Saturday, right? And um, talked about the two two other notable occasions, uh, one with the Dodgers, Bellinger, I believe, I and one with Philly. Anyways, yeah, the two other occasions where yeah, this happened, and and so the guy, and for people who might have missed those guys coming up to the bat, the fans because he's coming back to a place he played for a long time. The fans are giving him a standing ovation. So he stops, kind of waves, tips his cap, and the ump's like, fuck you, strike, strike one, strike one, motherfucker. Uh, like, this sucks, right? Yeah, like, and so uh, it's, it's it's the classic case of we're trying to implement new rules, and I've got to be hard. I can't, I can't allow any leniency. I can't yeah. be soft anywhere. i got to be rigid. But the reality is you go, yeah, no one's going to come back and say, hey, I need this, you know, Cody Jansen, Cody Jansen, <laughs> Danny Jansen is, is, you know, playing 300 kilometers from his hometown and. Right. It's, it's Let just, him have a nice moment here. Yeah. Whatever it is, they've done it right. And so this, this um, crew just did a fantastic job in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. I, I just, this is one of those things that we love about sports. It's not just the game. You have to allow for those moments, right? People who are, like you said, coming home or coming back to a place or whatever it might be. If fans want to acknowledge them, they're the ones paying the bills here. So give them a minute to do it. And you know, what was interesting with the, um, with the tail return and, and I love that guy here, right? Yeah, yeah. He was, 
He's a bit of a klutz in right field, yeah, but well, popular guy. To me, he, was, he had that frying pan for a yeah, glove, right? 100%. Sometimes it just went bad, <laughs> right? And so you, you thought, but man, he was, when he was going, he was going. And yep. two, silver, two silver sluggers, yep. right? Like he, he could hit the ball. Uh, we saw, you know, how susceptible he could be and how streaky he could be, you know, this weekend. But um, it was interesting, on, on the, again, on the Saturday broadcast when they were talking to Kevin Gosman about, you know, because he pitched in game two. Right. So it was more of that. And they were saying, saying what do you, what, you know, this year, how is there? And he's like, Mom, psh, different years, new new guys in the lineup. And to me it was, we are a better defensive ball club. Mm-hmm. And so you look around the infield and you're like, Chapman, Jack, Bichette, Jack, Guerrero, Jack, mixed bag at second, Jack, like last year. You're like, oh, wait, Hernandez gone, Guriel gone. Yep. Springer out of center and over to right. And then you're like, oh, okay. So it's, 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 and I'm not sure Gosman intended it that way, but it's certainly on, on Teo's return. Yep. It certainly comes across Glad as... I don't know if that guy's glove out there. Yeah, woo, man, I am way better, way better without that guy. Right. And so I, I'm sure that's not how he intended it, but that's certainly how negative Bob over here took it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last year, Gosman's numbers would suggest that he was one of the three unluckiest pitchers Anti-shift in... Anti-shift guy too, in right? In history. <laughs> like... The stuff, the pitches he would make that look like a routine fly ball into left field that someone flubs or Clang. right just gets through the infield. Like his pitches, there's several stats that measure it, but that suggest you made a good pitch, and what should have been an out was not made an out. Right. Um, he's probably not too disappointed to see well, do you Varsho, remember, Springer, and Kiermaier behind him now instead of right. Gurriel do you remember last year he was one saying, "Can we not shift?" Yeah. Because they were saying he was, as you said, also showed that the shift hurt him. It was burning him the way he pitches. The most, right? And so he's like, can we not do that? And they're like, nope, that's what we do. And you're like, fuck, man. But it's, look at, I'm looking at the stats. Are you not looking at the stats? And to defend him, here we are with no shift. And he's off to an incredible start, right? Now, he was good last year too, but fuck, man. maybe He's got dirty, dirty shit. (laughs) Am I right? Yeah. Like when you, like 13 strikeouts on Saturday in a game where he kind of struggled a bit. Yep. Right. But, but when you look Had at. Had traffic around the bases, right? But never let anybody. When you're like the guy, so he struggled a bit, but he had 13 strikeouts and one walk. Yep. It's that one walk. And you're like, that guy sucks. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> right. Like, and then looking at his. And the seat, Jays, like the Jays win that game. Yeah. With only three hits. So like he held him in again, like kind of like Manoa earlier on. Like he was better than Manoa, but. Yeah. Well, and, and how much, it, and he was saying. He was dominant against the Yankees in a win yeah. the previous week, and he and where he struck out eleven, yeah. walked none, <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah, the funny thing is, I actually had better stuff in the Astros game where I gave up seven in the one inning." And you're like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> Does anybody buy that? When I, you know, it's like the person who says, "Hey Matt, you lost weight." You're like, "No, I've actually gained five pounds." Fucker. Yeah, like you don't tell me I'm fat. You tell me I need to lose weight. I feel like you just wanted to say that. That's why. <laughs> no, no. But it's the idea that you're like, I actually had better stuff in the yeah. in the game where I gave up seven. That was quite a game too, eh? Because he did give up seven in that first inning and then and hung around, like yeah. and pitched well after that to keep it. Like the game was over, but you save your bullpen, right? Like, okay, this is a fucking lost cause, and he stays in there for I think six innings. He might have in, in yeah. that game, seven, I believe, and 
rest your bullpen knowing he's still on this road trip. It's a tough one and, and he's admirable. A, he's a killer. And, yeah. and and so to me it was, I, I didn't know a lot about him when he came. I knew he was in Baltimore, then yeah. he went to Same. the Giants. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of trash with the Orioles, but the Orioles were trash, <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. And so. Went in trash. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was, it was funny because they talked about, about Robbie Ray leaving senior tight pants. Out for the year. And, and how they needed to replace that guy. And you go, ah, Cy Young guy. How do you replace a guy who wins the Cy Young? Yeah. And then they go, God's oh, man. Okay. Yeah. He's going to be a middle rotation guy, you know, but man, he has had ace kind of numbers and, and pitching. 100%. Since he's been here in the sort of season and a quarter, right? So whatever it is, season plus. Yep. And so, yeah, with the, with the very low, you know, strikeout to walk ratio. And by low, I mean like 11 oh. to none. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy how that guy, he's just a gamer and you, you just love that guy. So what do we think of the beer before we move on to some hockey here? It's a sipping beer. Yeah. It, I didn't just mind a small it. small can. And yeah. And it took us the better part of an hour there to. Yeah. But sipping away on it and, um, it, to me, it didn't finish as boozy as it, no. as it maybe never, started. It never does though. I don't know what that's It's about. sort of, it was, it had that nice, it, it, to me, when you double up on the, on the alcohol, it doesn't get as roasty as, as I would like in, right. in a stout. Yeah. So it did, it did lean a little bit more towards licorice than, than any kind of coffee that I sort of traditionally like in a stout, but mm. yeah, it was, it was sort of, um, it was a sip and beer probably is where I go with that. What about you? Yeah, same. It kind of had, like I said, off the top, <laughs> a little bit of that licorice to it that a lot, again, I always associate with the boozier stouts for whatever reason. It kind of brings that that with it, uh, but enjoyed it. Nice beer, hmm. right? Yeah. Hmm. That's a big change, <laughs> change of pace right there. <laughs> what do you got on your second one there? <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. <clears throat> okay. All right. <laughs> Leaning, bobbing left, weaving right. Um, this is just an American lager. Now, why we need to call it an American lager? I feel like breweries, the smaller guys now are. It's got to be a Norwegian lager. Mm. It's got to be something, right? It can't just be beer. Golden lager. Comes in a yellow can with black writing and says beer on it. <laughs> uh, this is actually a funky sort of can. This is an American lager. It's called Keats American Lager from Stormstade Brewing out of London, Ontario. Yeah, okay. I didn't, it's only been in the last maybe six months I've started to hear about them. I don't know if they're new or I just... They hadn't been on my radar, but. Okay. Uh, so yeah, in my, in my monthly shipment, my, um, whether it's like, they come late, it's my April shipment, I guess. All right. Uh, I got a couple of different offerings from Stormstade. Um, so this is the one, it's just a, it's a nice 4.8%. It's going to nicely fall. Again, the small can, not right. loving the small can. Right. But uh, I do have places to be after the show. Sure. So bladder wise, not a bad idea. Keeping to, her under control here. So, but I do have two of them. Yeah, because uh, just you know, I, fuck it. I don't want to get I don't want to get cheated on the MLs, right? You know what I mean? It's got to be beers is beers, right? Right. So um, it's a nice follow up, but it is a harsh sort of brake torque on the on the reverse, and it's a beer. That's what it tastes like. If you said, "Hey, what's a beer taste like?" That right that there, one, this one, yeah. sort of just what you, it's it's high school, right? Okay. What do you got over there? Uh, this is Rob. You may have heard of it a time or two. A I Molson think, I Canadian. I think you've said my name. I think this is the first time other than when I told the listener. The eight times before the show when you kept saying, Rob, 
you've missed this. Rob, you didn't plug this in right. I'm gonna say that's, oh, that's I, true. That, that, I think that there's probably that's the most I've heard you say my name, other than calling me. Yeah, there are many great names. guy. Oh, yeah, not the hero we want, but the hero <laughs> we need. Those sorts of things. Not the hero we want, but <laughs> the hero they've sent. <laughs> this is a Molson Canadian. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I'll just run through it quickly, but because uh, I told the story on the pod last night. And uh, for those of you who have somehow missed it, Maddie Lang and I have been running Buds and Bolts post-game shows. Which What's we'll that need, all about? We'll need a new uh, new title, I guess, for round two. Buds and Bees? Buds and Bees, probably, yeah. God, you have no idea how hard I'll be cheering for the Panthers <laughs> tonight. <laughs> the girls! Yeah. Um, but uh, the old man was here on, uh, on Monday night, watched the game, and uh, at 4-1, he's kind of, you never know, they might get back. I'm just glaring at him like... There is no chance. Easy, optimistic old guy. Yeah, they are not getting back in this. And at 4-2 in the third when Matthew scores, I'm still, like, I've seen this a hundred times. They hook you in long enough, right? Let's keep you, string you along, whatever. And at 4-3, and then at 4... Dad was, uh, much like me, not often the optimist, but he was that night. And so when we were heading into overtime... 4-3, I was sure they were tied. Game six, uh... I've two things happened. I realized if I was going to do a post game podcast and I have no idea how long this overtime is going to be, I need to pump the brakes on the Bacardi that I had been ingesting throughout the game. And so when looking for a beer, I said, well, the old man's not here to be optimistic. Maybe I'll drink some of his beer. Oh, okay. And it worked. So long live the, uh, the Molson Canadian. No, no. Yeah. This is bad for all sorts of reasons for you that pushed the Leafs over the top and yeah, your general disdain for Molson Canadian until it's the only thing left in the fridge. Until, until it's a late night at Matt's and we're <laughs> right. like, hey, what's happening? I right. guess I guess it's that Molson. So yeah. uh, don't need to tell the good listener much about the Molson Canadian. You uh, you know what it is. And it it was ringing true today, man. Well, but, and, uh, and it's funny because that's what I was going to say about this beer. Hmm. Molson Canadian. Right. It's this American lager is, it's like, uh, and Molson Canadian was what I was going to say, but then I'm like, nah, we hate that. It sucks. So just keep moving on. <laughs> Let's hold on to, I'm sure you have thoughts on the Leaf series. Let's yep. hold off on that because we have talked. Sadness and disappointment on this side of the table as opposed to that, that side of the table, Matt. Ooh, man. This is, I don't know why teams don't win more often. This is yes. fun, man. I like, love this win thing. should try this shit. Uh, well, I got to get into the playoffs before that happens. <laughs> um, take us anywhere else you want to go, man. What series has had your attention? What have you enjoyed? What surprised you? Uh, we will remind the good listener once more that we're doing this Sunday afternoon. So there's a, there's some action tonight that may change some things, but based on where we're sitting right now. Uh, the series I wanted to watch, I was so stoked about the Toronto Tampa and it actually was underwhelming in, in many ways. So we'll, but we'll leave that. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to watch the, the Rangers, um, Rangers devils. Same. And schedule and, sucked there. and the Kings Oil. Oilers. Yep. So those were the three series. I got sucked in hard into the Carolina-Seattle series, which... which wait, wait. Colorado-Seattle or Carolina-New York? No, sorry. Colorado-Seattle. Okay, yeah. Um, no. The Carolina-Islanders... Borderline unwatchable. Unwatchable, 100%. <laughs> short of Ajo getting hit in the face. Yeah. Uh, By Ajo. Yeah. <laughs> Aho on Aho violence. <laughs> you hate to see it, man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, somewhere. Cross border family Snoop, dinner is going to be. Snoop Dogg yeah. is saying, it's like two of my uncles fighting in the backyard. Um, 
it's it's that was terrible, it and was. I, and I think we all knew it was going to be terrible. Well, especially, you know, Terrifying goes out and Svechnikov is already out and Pacioretty was all, you know, like, oh, so we're just going to grind this And Lou Lamorello is involved on the other side yeah, of it exactly. and you're like, this seems like shit. Especially, yeah, I don't like the Islanders. So that goal that eliminated the Stastny goal in overtime. Yeah. Putrid. Right? Yeah. And Sorokin, maybe the, you know, in a non-Linus Allmark world, is the Vesna Trophy winner yeah. this year. Like, he was fantastic. But to see that go in, you're just like, that's gross, but sweet. <laughs> well, and even his stats, his his playoff stats for a guy who's going home. Yeah. It, Elite. Pretty good. Yep. Yeah. And so that guy, again, should get the Sasha Barkov, <laughs> m- most underrated guy. True. Um, Colorado, Seattle. Col- just to me, in terms of of just how fast that series is, and, and also how downgraded... Colorado seems to be. I think I saw that it was either five or six of Colorado's top 11 scorers from last year's playoffs are gone for yep. one reason yep. or another. Landis Cog injured, Nachushkin, personal reasons, Kadri gone, uh, Burkowski. Burkowski gone. Like, Actually uh, playing in Seattle, I believe. Yeah, he's uh, he's not gone. He's around. Yeah. <laughs> he's just not where he's you want him to be. He's actually in the arena. <laughs> he's just over there. Right. Wearing those sweet jerseys. Um, yeah, it, it's that team has had a couple chunks bitten out of it, right? And and McKinnon um, doing what he can and, and Rantanen had, again, like a quiet 50-goal year out there. But they're just not the same team that they were last no. year. No, and it, and it is that sort of idea of as soon as you win, right? And what I, I think Start of taking pieces Chicago off, right? yep. and, and... Chicago's and, the biggest example. Yeah, and, and, but Tampa even, right? Yeah. How it's just been continually downgraded, right? In terms of... Their entire third line, Tampa... Gone. Gone, right? Like yeah. Yanni Gord and Coleman, Coleman and, Goudreau. and Goudreau. Like yep. just all of them. Yeah. And so Nick Paul clearly does not do it all. <laughs> so he so it's just one of those things. Yep. But that the way the the Kraken and I I, I didn't watch a pile of Kraken to be honest with you. When, did. when they were in Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, you sort of got a good eyeball on them. But mm-hmm. I'm not staying up to watch Vancouver, Seattle. No. Or Calgary, Seattle, to be honest sure. with you. There's just not a lot happening out there in a late game. Uh, as much as I like Harner Ryan saying, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's not enough. Like, it's the Louis DeBrusque factor is actually pushing me in the other it's direction. True, man. Yeah. But no. the five on five play, and, and you watch how good they were for for most of the regular season, five on five. There's waves of 15 to 20 goal guys, right? That are all capable of doing something. No first liners, but a team can entirely consisting of sort of middle six guys. Yeah. Yeah, and Daniel you know, Sprong on the fourth line. Just, and we're just remember gonna, me, fuckers. <laughs> and we're just going to roll, yeah. right? We're just going to roll and roll and roll and roll. And even though we have terrible goaltending, <laughs> we're, we're just going to wear we you down. Vince Dunn, so fuck you. A thousand, yeah, well, honestly, <laughs> when they were in Ottawa, they had the Vince Dunn box. And I, I don't know if he had 18 points in that game. <laughs> but there were people wearing like Vince Dunn. Well, coming into that game, not in that game. <laughs> He didn't put up 18 points in that game. Oh, yes, he did. Okay. <laughs> it, it certainly seemed like we're giving right. three for a goal and two for an assist, but it seemed like that guy was... All right. He, he was killing Local it. guy, is he? I, I didn't know that. No. Oh. He's not. I, and so whether he's from... He's from somewhere in the Toronto area. Okay. Like it's, so they it's, just followed him across it, the it, They province. came down, they had a box. And like yeah. I said, there was everybody wearing a, a Vince Dunn Shuffle jersey from Pee Wee. Right? There was just <laughs> all kinds of St. Louis jerseys. Like just shit. Yeah. And he was, and he and he just <laughs> stepped on the accelerator and crushed the Senators that night. <laughs> okay. um, but five on five, those guys just 
just come and they're yep. fast. Yep. Right. And so that to me has been the series that I was not looking for. That jumped, that did that, end that up That absolutely the... jumped out and, and was, and is, again, everybody will know the, yep. the outcome of that as well, but it is that, that's the sort of the surprise series for me. Um, the Dallas, Minnesota series. I'm not sure I watched three minutes of it. Okay. And <laughs> the only thing I want to bring up in that yeah. is the season Gustafson had in Minnesota. Philip Gustafson there, former Senator's uh, yep. prospect. Yep. Gus the bus. Right. Um, why the season he had the opening series win, and then you come back with flurry in game two. That's what they'd done all year. That's stupid. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) To me, you go in in this day and age, the demands on a goalie don't allow you to do a sort of 70, 12 or a 65, 70, whatever. You know what I mean? It doesn't, you need two goalies now. Yeah. But. You you have two goalies so you can roll it fresh in the playoffs. To me, this is not a time when you go, oh well. Keep rotating. How, how much have you seen Swayman? Although we may see Swayman we may tonight. see him tonight. I have no idea. Yeah. But I'm just saying. What a time for Linus Allmark to remember he's Linus Allmark. <laughs> yeah, but that was a guy. If you remember when he came over, he was a, over 500 in Buffalo on a really shit Buffalo team. Yeah. So when he signed, he went. That's a lot of money for uh, that guy. But then you go. <laughs> Okay, but he was like 42 and 40 in Buffalo. And you're like, that's a pretty shitty team. And to have a goalie who's 500. Especially when he played 82 games by your math. (laughs) It's a good year. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was his career in Buffalo. Not a a year. (laughs) 42 and 40 last year. They worked that fucker. (laughs) Yeah, no. Glenn Hall numbers. And and his his Buffalo career numbers were, I believe, 42 and 40. Like he was above 500. Yeah, sorry, it wasn't, uh, (laughs) it wasn't one single season. Um, we sort of touched on it there with how disappointing and disgusting it was. Vegas and Winnipeg was interesting to me. Laurent Brassois. Larry Brassois. Four wins. Yeah. Coming, his, uh, coming back to, as they call him, LB. Yeah. In, uh, in Winnipeg, right? Where he was a 12 game player while they were wearing down <laughs> Connor Heldebach. <laughs> um, Mark Stone, kind of slow getting going in game one. Jack Eichel, kind of slow getting going in game one. And then all of a sudden, let's get after it, right? After getting pounded in game one, they just rode that out. It, it didn't love, even look close. I love Bruce Cassidy. Yeah. Okay. That's just a com. you know, oh, just, I thought you were going to elaborate a little. Nope, it's a throwaway comment. Okay. I just love that guy. Yeah, I, I'll actually, throw it away. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm going to model my hairstyle after him. Nice. Good Nepean guy there. Let's see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are those actual plugs? <laughs> Um, back in the East. Yeah. Well, I guess we should touch on Edmonton, LA. Um, they had their moment, LA in game four, they had a chance to really make this uncomfortable and they just couldn't get it done. That three zip that turned into a loss. Yeah. Bam. You hate when that happens. You're done. (laughs) Yeah. If they take that one, all of a sudden it's three, one and you have a, a couple shots at doing this and, and maybe you can rattle the cages of some of the Oilers a little bit, but the Oilers battle back, win it in overtime. That was a night. I'd been up late a couple nights at that point, uh, and was like, I'm going to bed it. early. I'm going to bed early, and then I'm kind of half watching the third as I'm falling to sleep, and then it gets interesting. Then it's going to overtime. And you're like, ah, fuck, right? Like you're into it now, and you're invested. So uh, I don't know that LA is as good as kind of Edmonton made them look at times. Adrian Kempe is a guy I always forget about. I think he had a 40 goal year this year. He he and he was up there in in first round scoring. Yeah. Like he was really really good. Uh 
it never looked like McDavid fully got into first gear. Maybe that's the the Philip Deneau factor, which we've seen a couple of times now. Well, that's in the what we, t- we, t- we did talk about that. Uh, oh, that was in the Lost. Podcast. I think that was the Lost. Uh, the Lost podcast where I said I'll be super interested to see how the Kopitar Deneau mm-hmm. factor and in, and through four games, it looked like they had a wet blanket thrown on them. And you throw Corpusalo in there yep. in terms of what he was doing, and then you go, who is the best trade deadline acquisition? Is it Corpusalo? Is it Ekholm? Is it Ryan O'Reilly? <laughs> right? Like just in terms sure. of the guys who you go, man, impact, impact. And you go, who is the best? And so I threw O'Reilly in there because it, it's certainly mentionable. Yep. But you can't go wrong with 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 Ekholm and Corpusalo being the two sort of you and look I, at. I said a couple times, like, I'm not sure I believe in Corpusalo, but I'm the last guy who should say that based on what he did to us in the in the bubble with Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was really good. But even in the later games when McDavid did get going a bit, it still didn't look like what he looked like in the regular season. And maybe he won't in the playoffs, right? It is a different game. But we don't know yet, I guess. Or no, they're playing Vegas. Vegas. Yep. That's already set. If he gets going, man, it won't shock me at all if they blow through Vegas pretty quick. Like, I'm interested in that series. But if he can get up to speed and kind of carve through that a little bit, they don't have a Philip Deneau, right? Like, he'll probably be facing William Carlson. Um, that would be the line they, I imagine. They, are no, they do not have have the, the the center depth, right? So he may get galloping again. And yeah, so do you, is that where you're putting it? Do Do you think? That, I think Edmonton that, will be Vegas. No, I, but oh. I mean, in terms of you, you think the because if you look at Drysital, he had an awesome series. Yep, yep. Right. So he was certainly not. But so did Mark Stone, right? Like as you sort of check off. We got no, this guy. No, sorry, and I, I was just looking at at the at the center for for the Kings versus the center for the Oilers, right? right? In terms of of how that looked, and do you think that that McDavid suffered the brunt of of the attention versus what Drysaddle was able to get loose on? Yeah, it was interesting at times when they moved Drysaddle up, and I liked that on the road, right? Like somebody to help McDavid a little bit, and you can overwhelm Philip Deneau if there's two of them, right? Like McDavid and Drysaddle. Uh, really, those two guys are that good? You think? It, I do. I do think they can beat <laughs> Philip Deneau. Uh Yeah, that's that's a that's a lot for Phil, right? But uh, on the road, I liked it. At home, I don't like it as much. So I'll be curious to see how it plays out. But you're right. The center depth, if they put Drysaddle back on his own line, you know, it, it Jack Eichel is good, but he's not either one of those guys. William Carlson is good. He's not either one of those guys. Uh, up the middle, this shouldn't even be close, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I think, I, I agree with you, right? It'll be an interesting series to watch what happens with, with Vegas and Edmonton. Yeah. Um, you know, Nugent Hopkins, not as not as dominant as no. as the regular season, right? And so... Didn't they have like four or five hundred point guys? Yeah. Something well, stupid yeah. like that. And he was it, one of them. He was one of them. Hyman, but, I think, had a crazy year again. Yeah, but in terms of the, the number of of power play points that, that yes. Nugent Hopkins was able to generate. And they all got fat on that. Yeah. That's crazy. A good power 34% play. or whatever yeah, it was. Fucking ridiculous. Um, and it went up in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to me, they're that good. Bouchard, I think is, is up in, yep. in he's got eight or nine points through, through one round. Yep. So, um, that will be an interesting series, right? And in, in terms of you look at Skinner looked kind of, there was the talk, right? Do you do you go Campbell? Do you go Skinner? Right? There was that. that it that. wasn't a single moment 
when Campbell was in there where it looked like <clears> he <throat> should be in there. <laughs> like, well, and, and he I, looked nervous the entire time. Yeah, and, and I would have gone back to Skinner. I, that's I, our Western correspondent. Okay, we talked about this, and I said, "There's no way you bring Campbell home in front of the home crowd." Right, and you go, "Hey, guess what? Get in there, get in there!" <laughs> and you're like, "No, no, no, thank you." Although, really, it's a lose lose when you go. You're going to go back to where you were originally. You yeah. Know, going to go back to LA and you're going to, we're going to put you there. So to me, it was never in doubt that you go back to Skinner, the guy who got you there for sure. Uh, let's bring it East Boston and Florida. Like you good listener will know what's happened in game seven, but this is closer. I think than almost anybody Way thought closer. it would be. I thought Boston in five, right? Five. The gentleman's yep. sweep, right? Yep. <laughs> Uh, but Matthew Kachuk has, Can I offer you a tissue? has, uh, has gone all world as he kind of did all year. Like I, I don't remember if we were on the air or not, like in a non Connor McDavid world, Matthew Kachuk is in the conversation for the heart this year, the, the, the year he had. And I remember talking to you in maybe November or December and thinking the, the triangle there of the flames, blue jackets and Panthers, it wasn't working out for any of them, right? That they had the big trade between. Wow. The, the Flames and the Panthers, and neither of those teams were doing particularly well, and Goudreau signs as a free agent in Columbus, and they were awful. Uh, and yet the Panthers, over the course of the second half, climb back in, climb back in, and now they're giving... But they needed... They were in the last week. Like, they were at 80 yep. games, and it was up in the air whether yep. they were going to make the playoffs. Still them, Pittsburgh, and, uh, New York. And the Islanders, yeah. Yep. yeah. And that, But that was... It's, yeah, Pittsburgh, New York Islanders, and the Panthers were all sort of in that... And Christ, it may have been the last game before that was really solidified. It was right down to the last week anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and if you look at double back to Florida rolls through Ottawa, Ottawa spanks Florida, mm-hmm. and then they go down to Toronto, Florida, and Keith Kachuk goes on. Toronto radio. Toronto radio. Yeah. And he said, yeah, Florida, Florida is soft. They're getting what they deserve. They're, you know, they're mm-hmm. not hard. They're to easy Matthew to... Matthew father. Yes. Yeah. They're easy to play against. And so to me, I firmly believed at the time... Thanks, Dad. That, yeah, but that, that's what Matthew wants to say, mm. but doesn't say it because that's his team. Interesting. But he can tell his dad. His dad can go on the radio and go, yeah, the team blows. Call they're Toronto soft. and say something big. <laughs> well, but, but Florida was in Toronto. Yeah, I understand. And so... But if Florida was in Nashville... And, and He's probably not going on Nashville sports cor- radio. Correct, correct. And and I don't know what the exact, like actually what the correlation is, but you look at their record to yep. finish out the regular season. They beat Toronto, I believe, in overtime that night. I think that's right. And then they went on this crazy run. And, and so I'm not sure what the correlation is, but to me, it's Keith Kachuk saying the things that likely Matthew wanted to say but can't say about his own teammates, to me is super invaluable and just how, like, if you look at the playoffs alone, mm-hmm. the percentage of points that Matthew Kachuk has been involved in of the Florida points, it's it's got to be 60%, mm-hmm. right? Just in terms of... He's been the, all over it, man. He's everywhere. He's trying to fight your goalie and the goalie's <laughs> trying to fight... The goalie's trying to fight him, Yeah. right? Now, that was the loops hold me back kind of thing, right? Sure. It was the... <laughs> Hey, uh, now that the refs got me, I'm pitching my shit, and I'm like, let's go. Uh, but he's everywhere, and that's and that is that is awesome. 
I don't think either one of us subscribe to the fact that Patrice Bergeron has been a problem, but it is interesting that this seems to have gone, you know, they were doing better earlier in the series while he was injured, I guess, from a game in Montreal that he wanted to play in front of his dad. Um, might be one of those cases where you let down once the other guy comes back, right? Like everybody plays up a bit knowing our leader is out, our top guy is out. And once he comes back, you kind of take your foot off the gas going, well, he'll take care of it, right? I don't know if maybe that's selling Florida short. That third period in game six was insane. There was a couple of lead changes there. And look, you and I are sitting here, as we've said multiple times on Sunday afternoon, I assume Boston will win tonight. But at this point, any game seven is is a coin flip, right? And and we'll see how this pans out. I want to ask you, strictly because it creates an opportunity for the listener to point and laugh at us, would you, nice. go, would you go to Jeremy Swayman tonight? Because they were a team that through the regular season, Allmark played the majority, but Swayman played quite a bit. Would you go to him? Because Allmark has not looked good over the last couple of games, or do you stick with, with Allmark in game seven? Well, and, and just for a little background, in game five, right, he throws that puck onto Achari. I believe it was Achari's. No, Achari's a leaf. Uh, <laughs> Verhage? Carter Verhage. Onto, onto his stick. Yeah. Like, just instead of going the way you normally go, you reverse it, you go along. But no, he's like, I, I've scored a goal. <laughs> Ask Jack Edwards. <laughs> he scores! Linus Holmark! Yeah, on his own net. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. So he's got the secondary assist on that. <laughs> to Verhage, to Kachuk, and in, right? Yeah. And so there was lots of talk after that game five. You're like, well, is there going to be any residual effect of that bad that bad play? Right. right? Like it's it's it is a game losing mind fart, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go and you go, okay, we lost six five. For a guy who had a, like, for the longest time, who had a sub two goals against. and I believe I read the other night that uh, after game six, Allmark gave up four goals only four times this season, and he's done it three times in this series already. Oh, they're going to say he gave up as many goals in this series as he did all season. <laughs> he could be, man. Like, I, you'd almost believe it. <laughs> yeah, because he was so dominant. Yeah. And then he comes out, yeah, and allows six. Yeah. And you're like, oof. But that being said, no way I go with Swayman. Right. Despite all that, you look at it and you go, that guy is is the hands down Vezina Trophy winner. Yeah, I, I I ride with him, ride and die, baby. I think I would too. Like I understand why it's a conversation. He has been that bad. In the well, they have the great handshake and sure. post game celebration. Yeah, exactly. Style. It's very <laughs> low high five, right. low fives. So I I understand nice close team man uh, i i understand the conversation not about the reach around i don't get where that's yeah, you totally get it. <laughs> show a little love anyway jeremy swayman has not played in this series and that doesn't have to be the deal breaker but asking him in game seven to come in when your team is clearly reeling a little bit you know there is a lot of experience in that room I, i'm sure they'll be fine but it's a lot to ask, and I do understand that Allmark has been that bad that we at least have to talk about it, but I'm with you. I would go with Allmark again tonight. He's been your guy through the entire series, and you just hope to hell he finds his game, right? Well, and you should be, there was a, I think it's 43 points 
the regular season yes. difference between these two teams. <laughs> like historical, yeah, all time. But we've seen it, right? Tampa Columbus is back in 2019. Like there seems to be something about these teams that run away with the President's Trophy that all of a sudden get into it, and they're like, "Holy fuck!" Boston shouldn't be one of them. Like Boston has seen this enough times, but I don't. You never know, I guess. Well, because you came into the playoffs, and if I said to you, Matt, where is the weakness on the Bruins? What? Do, where would you have said? Probably the blue line. I don't love much past Lindholm and and uh, and McAvoy. I I love the Orlov. Actually, the Orlov addition was fantastic. Yeah, so, so do <laughs> their their biggest weakness has become their biggest strength. <laughs> That's why there's two people on this podcast, Matt. <laughs> See, and I had no, I had no weakness for them, right? In terms of you are the record setting or on pace at that point, yeah. At the trade deadline, and you bring in Bertuzzi and you bring in Orlov. Yep. I'm just, you know, to a team that already we talked about it at the time. Like Tyler Bertuzzi is a Bruins guy. Like fuck, he's a weasel. He's greasy. That guy. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, no, he, <laughs> I just look at him, you're like, the, the mullet he's got going for him, and you're like, greasy, greasy. And, and you know, hadn't done a pile, but you know he's got it in him. Well, and, he did, yeah, that fucking spin in game six just ripped it right up under the bar. They weren't even sure it went in the net. He fucking... Yeah, and so to me... fucking guy. To me, in terms of a team who was already rolling, not a lot of weakness there, right? So... No. It, it just how this whole thing and that the fact that it's going seven at all for a team that scuffled and just barely made it in that guy that has Radko Gudis <laughs> has Mark Stahl in his Mark top pair. Stahl. <laughs> a, a, a guy who the, the other team was like, yeah, get lost. Yeah. Beat it. And now he's on your top pairing. It's true, man. So you're he like fears nothing but a rainbow jersey. Yeah. It's, okay. and, and honestly, I can't I can't look at those two guys and think of the same. Honestly. Also, the same guys got arrested naked for uh, celebrating one of their bachelor parties. I can't remember. Stuck on the side of the road naked. Somewhere by Thunder Bay, but it can't be the first. Fuck, man. Brave to be out in Thunder Bay naked. Like yeah, That can't be your best showing, right? It's cold up there, man. All uh, year round. All year round. Fuck. Uh, or maybe that's just them. Uh, why don't we move on to <laughs> Toronto, Tampa Bay. You may have heard. Got wrapped up. Game six, uh, Toronto and six is what one very shrewd observer predicted before the... Uh, uh, not on air, but I said Toronto and five. Okay. Fucking loser. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Idiot! <laughs> um, look, I've talked about this all the way through, so the good listener knows most of my thoughts. What were your takeaways as you were watching this? I think in the last podcast, I think I said to you on the show, Toronto and five, and you were like, easy, buddy, <laughs> easy. And we went, we broke it all down, right? In terms of, and, and I heard the intro, oh, maybe it wasn't the, maybe it was the intro to this show. <laughs> <laughs> what I was in the room for. <laughs> Cause as I said to you, you know what? I don't want to hear too much of your buds and bros and boogers and breasts when there's too much happiness, too much, too much leaf joy. I'm into at least 50% of that show. I'll let the good listeners decide. <laughs> Uh, it's just too much. It's too much. I can't have, it's uh, leaf fan happiness. You're projecting a little bit, man. Those shows don't sound that different from wind to loss. No. Okay. So, uh, all right. You brought it up. Yeah. I only listened to the one okay. and I listened <laughs> and I listened to 10 so minutes of it. A throw and it was after, <laughs> it was after the game five leaf loss. Yeah. And it was you and you, you handled about 25 minutes. Yeah. 
listen, man, nobody fucking wants to hear your reasoned, thoughtful, you were pragmatic tuning in for takes. me to melt down. Yeah, exactly. You're like, there's, nobody wants that, man. You're People right. at that point are tuning in. No, you're right. For Sky is Falling podcast. No, you're right. There is a demand for Matt to... To be, be sad. Be <laughs> I'm going to make money off of my own fucking self-loathing. Morosity. Yeah. Exactly. Look at this morose motherfucker. <laughs> you know that sells. I do know that. <laughs> I'm Nobody surprised. Wanted. The listenership was pretty good when I woke up on Sunday for people hearing me be happy. That's not usually what they come here for. Well, that's, so. I'm not in that number. No. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> um, but the, the clip you played at the beginning, which was... Me and, and Maddie last night. Yeah, talking about outplayed. And Do me a favor, Maddie. Just, yeah. just as I cut you off here for a second. Yeah. Do me a favor. Cut me off. Do, yeah. Just for a second. Ask me straight up if I care that Toronto might have been outplayed in this series. Please just ask me the question. Oh, hey, Matt. Are you worried that the Leafs were outplayed? I don't give a fuck, Maddie. <laughs> I could not possibly care less right now, Maddie. <laughs> I don't care. There might be there. Some indication that we won instead of lost. <laughs> that Sinbad laugh he's got going there, Matty, is uh, it's nice to see that he's got the uh, the first round Coke nose going back from there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I figure it's a couple beverages in a late night. Yeah. Um, and who's to say? Um, <laughs> sorry, Matty. Um, he's not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, at the end of the day, I, I sent you uh, after, it was 3-1 Leafs, I believe, and I yeah. said, you know, they were full value. And you said, I don't think, I don't know what full value. Right. And and all I meant by that was, at the end of the day. Just win, baby. It's W's, man, and that's it. Because we've go, seen enough of these go the other way. Where for sure you have. have dominated Columbus, and come up with nothing. Montreal, that right? Like those one things. One overtime you, against Montreal, 10 shots to one, and the one goes. <laughs> yeah. You're like, holy fuck. Uh, although, don't tell Joe Bowen that. No. That's <laughs> And it's going the other way. No, it's a goal. All right. Sorry. <laughs> well, last night in his other big call, as John Tavares wins it in overtime, he's going, Mo, Mo, Mo. He thinks it's Morgan Riley who scored. Mo Tavares. <laughs> You're like, oh, Joe, <laughs> this was a big one and you kind of whiffed on it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it, it does. And that's all I meant by it is, is it's wins. At the end of the day, it's, it's wins. And. The the scoring, you're you to tie it up with 30 seconds to go, winning an OT, the coming back from 4-1 down in like 13 minutes left in the third. Yep. You win that game and you're like, this is different. This is different as somebody who's watching that team. They were the better team all regular season. They were the better team rolling into the playoffs. Yep. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if to me, as as a Air quotes, unbiased <laughs> viewer. Oh, come on. Yeah, no. That's why it's air quotes. Yeah, yeah, for sure, there's air man. quotes there. <laughs> it is watching that is yet yeah, I just didn't feel that special fairy dust on, on the lightning. Right? Uh, you just Kucherov, Point, Hedman, Stamkos, it just it didn't have those guys could do as much as they can, but Well, t- let me ask you, because at the beginning of game six it didn't feel like this was going to be Toronto's night. They didn't come out. Now, there's that old hockey trope, survive the first 10 minutes of the desperate team, right, when you're the road team. I don't, it, it didn't come out to me, or they didn't come out looking like, 
they had the urgency needed to close this out. It looked like a lot of game sixes or sevens when they had a chance to close. And they do come out of the first, um, having had two power plays, but still being outshot, but tied. You're like, you know, it is Tampa that's about, you know, that has their backs to the wall. If they lose, they're eliminated. We spent the entire week talking about, oh, Toronto doesn't want to go seven. The pressure is on Toronto. Like, imagine the... Tampa's the one... You know, like in any other series, you'd be like, the pressure's clearly on fucking Tampa here, right? But not yeah. in Toronto because, yeah. and they'd earned that rep, right? To yeah. worry that they might choke. But. You look at the, and I love, I love the post-series handshakes. Right. All we got that, respect in those. All that stuff. And you're like, Tampa just looked like a team that was, there was nobody looked crushed in that, in that, no, in that handshake line. long summer. Yeah. You're like, psh- Finally. Couple cup rings. Yeah. And you're like, all right, we're going. We're going to get rest. We're going to do whatever else and and we'll rebound. To me, and this is not a, this is not a snub to the Leafs. I'm just saying at the end of the day, they look like a team that was. That had done it three times. Worn out, beaten and, and outmatched. And and, and I don't care if we talked about the big four and the goaltending was going to be the difference anyways. Whatever happened. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, Vasilevsky was good in game five, good yep. in game six, yep. but he was not good anywhere else. Nope. And, and Samsonov. Was good enough. Bent <laughs> a lot of times. Yes. Never broke. Right. Right. It, game one, but he was put in a bad spot. Yeah, and, that was not just him. Right. And so to me, that whole bunting magic in, <laughs> in that moment, right, was, was bad for the Leafs and bad all the way around, right? Just, it couldn't happen at a worse time than when it happened. And so Samsonov was better yep. than Vasilevsky, yep. right? And for the most part, and it came down to a 2-1 overtime win. And that's not a fluke. That's not a fluke. And you have to do that. And so for a guy who was 1-7, I believe, coming into this yep. series and having to go head-to-head with who Fellow has... countrymen. <laughs> who, yeah, who has been the best goalie in the world of the past three years. Yep. And has the record to show for it. The closeout, the clutch moments, Vasilevsky's the guy. And he wasn't. He wasn't here. And the Leafs, so as much as that may be on Vasilevsky, yeah, the Leafs got to take some of that. Well, and last year as well, when Tampa won, right? The Leafs, I'm not one of these people who subscribes to like have the book on him, but they clearly make it hard on him, right? Like there's, there's See, a I, lot of talent I, I disagree there. with you. On the on the whole Derek Lalone thing, I don't mind You'd him. Find him to not be a black hole of charisma. Uh, see, uh, see, to me, to me, you and I talked off the air about about Siddle on the, on the Jays. Yeah. He's not he's not a sizzler, right? He, I find him way more. But okay, but I'm saying the things he says to me, there there there's some interesting things that both Lalone and and Joe Siddle say. They don't deliver it in a way that's like. But there is some, to me, Derek Lalonde has brought some interesting stuff. Terribly uh, besmirching Joe Siddle here to even compare them. Yeah. Oh, well, no. I, and, and really all I'm comparing is the delivery. Yeah. Is well, the that's, delivery. That's what I'm commenting on. I think Siddle's delivery is. Yeah. Is but, but that's Harken back to when, when Siddle first started on the broadcast in with Jamie Campbell and you're like, oh my God, man, who is this guy? He looks like, looks like Ichabod Crane. What so are we doing here? I don't agree with you at all on this, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, and so, but to me. 
the, the whole goaltending, the whole shots from afar thing, the point shots, right? I think there's something to it, but you don't build your game plan for let's take low percentage shots from the point all night, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so you as a guy, and, and, and I listened this far, right, who follow... Rob Gerson. Rob Gerson on Twitter. At for the, hockey underscore, or at goalie underscore school. Yeah. Follow along, kids. For those who don't, mm-hmm. right, it was interesting. Listening to the way Lalone broke down the diamond and, and all these things on the penalty kill and, and stuff. There have been moments to me where he has been insightful, right? The fact that he is a newbie on a... on a He just has no personality. I'm not doubting that his information right. is good. He okay. Just, all right. And that's... I think we can agree on that. Sure. So... But I do think we talked about this last year. Toronto got to Vasilevsky until they didn't, right? He kind of shut it down in games six and seven, especially last year. This year, they didn't let it get quite that far. He was very good in game six, but not tremendous. And there are people out there who follow the fancy stats stuff that say Toronto is a nightmare for goalie stats. Not necessarily, they don't shoot a ton, but they set it up and they set it up and they set it up. And when they do shoot, it's going to be a great opportunity. Not all the time, right? Toronto had a very difficult time in this series setting up any kind of in-zone pressure, right? Possession time was heavily in favor of Tampa. But your save percentage takes a beating if you're going to play six games in a row against Toronto because they're going to take fewer shots, but they're going to be good shots. Almost like the old Russian style, right? When you used to talk about... Soccer style. Canada used to rush in and take a million shots and play the percentages, and that's a totally valid system of play. Right. Russia... If they don't like it, they'd pass it back. If they don't like it, they'll Leave circle the zone. back, right? Pass it off, set it up again, bring it back in. And when they're ready, they'll take the shot that they want to take, right? And that's not exactly what Toronto does, but, but it's that, comparable enough. That is the pro and the con of that Leaf sure. lineup. When it, when it's working, when you have Tavares, Nylander, Marner, Matthews, right? You have highly skilled guys. Right. And you go, that's awesome. We're going to control it. We're going to do it. But that goal, that the goal, the, the, the game-winning the overtime goal, goal score... Yeah. Goal, that is playoff hockey right there. Yeah. I shoot it, hits a defenseman's skate, goes... Put and, it on the and, fucking net, right? And it just, <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. And you go, whatever. The Chris Letang goal against Ottawa. Those things, you're like, that should never score. But it happens. Yep. Happens all the time. Well, and you and I talked at the beginning of the series. No matter, you know, you can talk about Hall versus Liljegren. You can talk about Lafferty for bunting, whatever. But... Joseph Holt. At the end of the day, there was going to be a reckoning. It had to be the big four. And the top six scorers in this series, before any Tampa score, was Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, Riley, and O'Reilly. That's the way this had to get done for Toronto, right? This is always the way it was supposed to work. And all those guys... Now, Marner cooled a little later in the series, right? Like, that keeps happening to him. But all of them are a point a game at least or better in the playoffs. Matthews in particular was not going to be denied in this. Like he's blocking shots. He's out there doing all kinds of things. He, I think it was, what was the number? Four goals in his last three games or five in the last four, whatever it was. Well, it was two in the two in game five. Yeah. So. so like the guys did step up. And Tavares, for all you said, which is correct about that goal, that's what he's supposed to do, right? Yeah. Like he was brought here to do that. Now you'd like him to keep doing it a little later into the playoffs, but for now, let's take this one. And he was supposed to put them over the top. And in this series, when you and I talked via email before it started, that's sort of how I checked it off, right? Was Matthews Marner versus Point and yep. Kucherov, Nylander versus Stamkos, and then they don't have someone to match Tavares. Right. And they didn't. 
Which is which is why, for as great a job as Sheldon Keefe has done, why they opened that first game loading up the top two lines, right? I had major issues on a bunch of things that Keefe did in this series. I've... And so, to me, the way it started, and then it's like as soon as they went, all right, let's go with Matthews, Tavares, O'Reilly. Yep. You start to stack it up, which is yep. when you go, everybody understands. Yep. Strength down the middle. And you go, if you put O'Reilly in that in that third spot, it makes for so much more of a difficult matchup. Right. And so, and you go, okay, 7-3 loss, and you go, Let's flip it back the other way and you go, oh, 7-2 win. <laughs> Wait. If only it had stayed that easy. <laughs> I, but I, I know. But, yeah. but it's, it's, it was flipping it's, a switch. It's, it's the thing that everybody said, people like you and I, who have never <laughs> been coaches of the Pembroke Lumber Kings. <laughs> Someday, right? man. Or Sue Greyhounds. Right. Or Don't. Toronto Marlies. Right. Who go, that's what I would do. <laughs> I'm looking at this and going. Sitting there on my couch covered in Cheetos dust. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love the Cheeto, the hard Cheetos though, man. Come on, no. let's go. If I'm going with the soft. It's the puff, man. You no, want the Cheeto you're going puff. with the Humpty Dumpty, the soft. Come on. Um, but yeah, that go to me is. And so at the end of the day, I look at it and go, yeah, Toronto, despite being outshot, even last night, right? Yep. Saturday night. Yeah. They were outshot and in times outplayed. And mm-hmm. it's, it's. I'm, I'm standing in a, I'm standing watching the, the overtime. Because you're as nervous as I am. <laughs> and I'm God, saying, and, 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 and when you see the pressure Tampa had early yep. in overtime, yep. and I'm like, this is the kind of thing that ends, and actually I didn't say it out loud, <laughs> but. This is how the story the early goes. The early pressure, yeah. and then, then you come down and there's the circulating, there's a circulating and the moving and the rotating. Yep. And then that puck gets on net. That's the way those things happen, yeah. right? When when you allow, you know, you don't capitalize on earlier opportunities, that shit happens. And so, yeah, Toronto was outplayed. To, what, what's, no. what, how does that go, Matt? Ask me straight up if I care that Toronto might have been outplayed in this series. Please just ask me the question. Oh, hey, Matt. Are you worried that the Leafs were outplayed? I don't give a fuck, Matty. <laughs> yes. And that's it. Yeah. At the end of the day, it doesn't <laughs> matter, right? Six games, who wins? Right. And so... And this is the problem with the fancy stats club that I subscribe to. It has to plan out or pan out over a very long, very large sample size for it to make sense. You don't have that. You Seven don't games, have that. So just take the fucking wins and run, right? Well, the fancy stats are to be coupled with yeah. traditional hockey knowledge yep. and eye test. That's yep. it. And so... So let me ask you this before we wrap up. Are we wrapping up? We're going to start. Do you have any more beer? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really hard to make this argument knowing that, again, it's probably going to be Boston you're playing next. But do you buy anything at all into the theory that the weight is off their shoulders and now it's more likely that they could go on a run here knowing that that thing is done or is it just yeah these things don't translate from series to series uh, <sighs> they to don't see, everyone knows Boston is the favorite right assuming that's who you're going to play yeah but could you play a little freer now or is it just what Boston's another fucking well see to me Boston never as good as their regular season record shows like they aren't that, that just isn't the case no um and, but and they've been punched. 
They've been punched in the face here in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I I put a Toronto Boston. Uh, that's a that's a gimme series. That's a pick'em series. Yeah, that's very different. Than uh, sorry, <laughs> I, I look at I look at Toronto Florida. That's a heavy Toronto agreed series. But so was Boston Florida. Yeah, yeah, but to me there were there were injuries. You had yep. at one point you were you had your top two centers out. Yep. Right? There was a, a bunch of things happening there. I don't think the Bruins are as good as their all-time record. But they're good. Yeah. They're good, and I would give the nod. And they might live in the Leafs head a little bit too. I would give the nod to the but to yeah. me I want to see that series. Right. That's the series I, I will. I'd settle for Toronto, Florida. I will shut these mics off, or you will shut them off. I'll walk away from them, um, and I want to see the Bruins win tonight. Right. That's what's going to happen here. But that to me is a closer series than than the records would indicate. But clearly, look at the look at the Boston, Florida series. Yeah. So to me, and I think the the season series was like one, one, two, and one, or something like that. Like Toronto played them tough. For who? For for Boston, Toronto so, against so Boston two was two one and one for that's Boston. Right. It was two one and one for Boston. That's right. So I, I, I just wait and see if I was. But even if it wasn't Boston, like just as a mental thing, do you think it means anything to finally have done it, or is it more likely that you're like, yeah, fuck, so, that was our cup. We'll foot off the gas. Sorry, that was the question. Yeah. And in you know eight years of doing this podcast, <laughs> Rob has a long answer that actually. Has nothing to do with the question not asked. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, maybe guy watching to guy it, watching it last night. It was it was it was quite jubilant on the ice. Yeah, um, they said the right things after the game, but now well, you know there's a mic in your face. Hey, right away, right away, Austin Matthews said it's it's step one That's of the first step. Yeah. It's step one of three, I think he said. Yeah, Oops. you're like where. How far are you plan on going, yeah, man? There's four steps. I thought. I'm pretty sure there's four steps. He's being realistic. Yeah, yeah. Um, with his pedo stash, it's it, it's. I don't think so. I I really don't think so. I, I don't think they're satisfied. I don't get that impression. Um, but it, it, who knows? It, it, it could be Matt. Yep. But I, I'm saying no. Okay. I'm saying no. I, I think this could be. This has the this has the feel that it, it could be the thing that propels them forward. Right. Right. Monkey like, off your back. And- uh to me it isn't because the talent is there and the team sure. is there, right? Yeah. We talked about it, and I don't think we saw all that the no, Leafs have I think to they offer. Could be better, yeah. Their defensive structure, all those sorts of things, right? Yeah. Nice to see Gustafson in. Sure. For the seven shifts he maybe had. In the yeah, game. <laughs> and again, who went out for him? Hall. Oh, Hall did go out. Justin Hall, yeah. Okay, Justin Hall. Just a hole, the black hole, <laughs> the black hole. Yeah, honestly. So at the end of the day, though, Matt two one versus whatever the score was in the previous game. Yep. When but he was on the ice for something ridiculous, like fourteen of ele- twenty goals against uh, eleven like, of sixteen. Fuck or something. me. <laughs> and yes, and again, Powell, I get it. It's not all his fault. He's a penalty killer, all that stuff. But Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and somebody's saying people are saying you know that he is a a. And, you know, a Marley's Calder Cup winning guy. Sure. Like he is the... He's, he's one of Keefe's guys. He is a Keefe's Dubis guy. Yeah. And so um, I, I feel more, I lean more towards this being a propellant for the Leafs. Right. Than it is to be a we, a we won the cup moment. Right. I think the fan base may feel more like that than the players, I think. Although Dubis, 
He looked pretty fired up. Man, his face was red. <laughs> he was just like. I was waiting for him to turn and scream at some more fans. That's what I was hoping <laughs> to see. <laughs> we all want to see that. Man. We all want to see that. But no, I would personally, I would put the Leafs as odds on favorites no matter who they play in the second round. Really? I would. I would. If I was laying money down. Now, I hope the Leafs get crushed. Yeah. Quick I, I know you and do. fast. But I would put them as a favorite in the next round. I think it would be tight with Boston. Like I, I'm with you that the gap between them isn't as big as it appears to be. But I would still have Boston as, as a favorite. That's maybe just not a prohibitive putting favorite. Putting a safety blanket on. Well, I, and I get that. I, do, I, that, I do. I get that. I've been hurt I do a lot of times. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> this team has hurt me. It's true. But no, I, I, I think the Leafs have the ability and have the team, and and to me, they've made the right moves. Yeah. They've made the right additions and. The goaltending is going to be what the goaltending is, and if, if we haven't say, seen conference final Matt Murray yet, he loves to parachute in there and take you the yeah, rest of the well, way. So. Get, get to game three of of, of the Eastern Conference final, <laughs> right. and Murray will kill it. Uh, I think that's it, man. Covered a lot of ground today. We let's did, we did cover let's Jerry make Springer. Sure. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> let's make sure we hit save very carefully here. That's all on you, man. I know, I know. As you want to come around here? Is. You want to take care of that part of it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Good call. Uh, we'll wind this one down here. You're back in here uh, next week as we try and get you, things a little bit back on track here. You bet, Matt. All right. We're on social media at Talk and Audio. Give us a follow there and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. For Rob, my name is Matt. We'll see you a little bit later on in the week. See ya. Fuck, man. Thank you, guys. What was that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy? 